I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Canned Air Podcast. How about you? Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today to talk about their comic murder, we have Matthew Loisel and Emiliano Correa. Thanks for being with us, guys. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. We have a good show lined up for you today in our retro roundtable, being that uh, Will Smith's Aladdin Genie has just been revealed. I thought it would be suiting to do a whole uh, retro roundtable where we talk about just Will Smith, his career, his movies, his television shows, his music. Uh, There's some good stuff in there. I think uh, it'll make for a good conversation. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That was the reaction I was wanting to hear. (laughs) I was kind of nervous. I don't really like it. Well, after the genie reveal, it maybe is a little touchy. Yeah. <laughs> Some sensitive people out we there. We need a little friction much. in there. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a good conversation, right? Right. <clears throat> and then uh, we're not going to be doing the comic uh, vault today as, uh, well, I just didn't have time to read a comic. I'm not sure about Jack, but we're bringing back yeah, a little so- segment that we haven't done for a while. And uh, we'll just kind of surprise you with that when we get there. Then we're going to turn our full attention over to Matthew and Emiliano and talk about murder. But before we do that, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And uh, find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash CandairPod. For $5 a month, you can get access to our monthly Patreon-only uh, show that has over a year's worth of episodes on there. Quite a catalog that you uh, can get in on for just $5 a month and uh, support the show in the meantime. And uh, if you're going to a Wizard World show, don't forget to use Candare, lowercase, no space, in the promo box at checkout to get 10% off your ticket prices. Jack, am I forgetting anything? Yes, the Wizard World Cleveland contest that we're going to be doing. We just finished the one for Portland, Oregon, uh, March 8th, 9th, and 10th, so you only have a couple weeks to enter for this one. It came up a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, well, we need to get that to get that going then, don't we? Absolutely. Very but good, head to the good. website, give us a Facebook like, go to the website, fill out the form, and you will be entered. And looks like going to give it to, what, March 1st will be the cutoff date. Oh, the drawing will be on the 1st, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You've heard it from Jack's mouth, ladies and gentlemen. Go to our <laughs> website, uh, candorpodcast.com, and fill out that form. Get yourself two VIP, well, two premiere passes, we'll call them, tomato yeah. tomato, uh, to the Wizard World in Cleveland, Ohio. And what were those dates once again, Jack? March 8th, 9th, and 10th. There you go. Early access to the floor all three days. Uh, first in line for all the uh, autograph signings and all the uh, big panels. You get discounts on the floor. What more could you ask for? Just for filling out a form. Come on. And stick around at the end of the episode. We're going to be going out on the last uh, song from the band Quiet that uh, we've been... We've, Jack, how long has it been? We've been playing for... Six yeah, weeks? Six Something weeks, like that? yeah. <laughs> and it's been quite an honor because I've uh, become a legitimate fan of these guys and uh, I look forward to buying some more of their albums. But this uh, song we're going out on is Mayfly Man from the band Quiet. That's Quiet, spelled without the U, Q-I-E-T. Go to quietmusic.com, check them out. And with that, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. Hold on to your butts. All right, gentlemen. 
Well, Smith, where do we begin? I guess we should probably start with uh, the, the Fresh game. Prince. Well, we'll get to Fresh <laughs> Prince undoubtedly, okay. but we'll, let's start with what's uh, kind of inspired this segment. Us all having seen Will Smith's genie, what do we what do we feel? Uh, I have exactly. mixed feelings. Yeah, <laughs> it it makes me feel funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a funny funny thing because when you first see it. I don't know. It looks like he's CG from head to toe. You know, like his face. I think looks he scary. is. After watching it a couple more times, I, I think his. It was just like a whole mocap of his face, and then they put him on a bigger body. I think, which is understandable. Of course, you, yeah. you need to buff him up and make him look the way he needs to look. But um, I don't know. You know, with Will Smith, you seem to get. You know, when he's in this kind of a role or any kind of sarcastic. Uh, you know characteristics to the character he's playing you kind of get the same will smith in every movie where mm-hmm. i don't even know how to explain it but i don't even think i have to explain i think people know what i'm talking about the same kind of uh, delivery on everything and i just based on the little clip you heard we're getting the same kind of will smith we get in everything else out of this genie absolutely it's the fresh prince of azkaban or what are what's that, is that what it is <laughs> um agrabah Agrabah, Agrabah, that's right. Azkaban. Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a Harry Potter in there a little bit. That's what it was. There you go. Agrabah. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, I, you know, one thing that's concerned me more than anything about this Aladdin trailer is not Will Smith's The Genie, though. It's the look of this guy who's playing Jafar. Yes. He looks to be the same age, if not younger, than Aladdin. You know, he should be, I feel like, an older, more decrepit-looking man. I'm I'm Googling it as we speak. Okay. Because I remember <laughs> the Jafar. I'm going to and then right now. <laughs> yeah, let's all look at it. The girl is fine, actually. Oh, yes, the, she is. The one who plays, uh, uh, what's her name, Jasmine? Jasmine, yeah. Yes. Have you guys seen the memes going around about... They're showing like the lyrics to the Fresh Prince, but done with the the Aladdin spin on it. Oh, no. It's like now this is a story all about how my lamp got stuck in a cave underground, and I'd like to take a minute just listen to me, and I'll tell you how I could turn you into a prince named Ali. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! I'm having trouble finding anything here. Oh yeah, I, I got him here. He yeah, I mean, he looks like. Like the contemporary of Aladdin, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't feel like that's a that's how he should look. He should look older, I feel like. I think the cartoon had him much older. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And just so, the, the, the deepness of his voice, too. In the movie, he's just like, go into that cave. Instead, of, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like, he's not menacing at all sounding, I guess. <sighs> Yeah, he kind of had that long, long uh, draw to everything he said, kind of like Scar, you know? Yeah, really, it really accented every word as evil that came out of his mouth. Just found here a funny pig of Will Smith compared with Majin Buu from Dragon Ball. Like his look like him. (laughs) Majin Buu, is that what you said? Oh, oh God, that's mean. (laughs) That is. This is just blue instead of pink. <laughs> oh yeah, Majin Buu is pink though, right? Yeah. He's this... Even still, it's it's kind of on the nose. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's it's just as gross. 
I don't know if um, you guys had seen still Will Smith related, but I don't know if you guys had seen that um, he was offered the role for Neo in um, The Matrix. Yes. Oh, there's, there's was one. he really? Yeah. So I guess um, I guess the directors, you know, wanted him to be Neo. And it was right after Independence Day. So he was, you know, he was saying kind of like everything he shot went in, you know, he was just on a roll. And um, I guess the, you know, the, the brothers came in to pitch him the story. And I find Will Smith very funny, so I'm not going to do as funny an impress impersonation as he did. But I guess they came in and they're like, yeah, dude. So like what we got to do is imagine like, like people shooting at you and then you jump in the air, but then you freeze. And then like, we're gonna invent these cameras that will like show 360 view and then like, you'll see everything. And so I guess he passed on it because the pitch was kind of, um, you know. <laughs> it sounds kind of It sounds there, absolutely right? absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would take that role. No. <laughs> and, um, Apparently, had he taken it, they would have wanted um, they would have wanted Morpheus to be white, and so um, instead of Lawrence Fishburne, they were going to go with, and it's not coming to me. Uh, Val Kilmer was going to be Morpheus, if oh, Will Smith was uh, Neo. I don't know. It's hard to say if if it's hard to picture that because we are very used to see Keanu on on right. uh, yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. So, but I believe it's just a matter of getting used to, but it would be weird to see Will Smith there. I believe that. Uh, I mean, it yeah. would be weird. I, I don't know. Like, I've never been a huge Keanu Reeves fan. Um, so it'd be interesting to see Will Smith in that position because I don't know. When it comes to a serious role, I think. Uh, He's really good at pulling it together and delivering a good performance. Yeah, he yeah. can when it if it's if it is a serious role without having the the street vibe showing up too much. Kind of like in that what was the one with the, he was with his son and uh, he was Pursuit homeless and stuff. Yes, he that was, was amazing such a good in that film. One. That was so good. Did and you guys like, happen to see that, Matthew Emiliano? No, I did not see that. I actually went back to look at his um, filmography when you guys told me we'd be talking about him. And I was kind of surprised how many movies he had made that I hadn't seen. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, lot, there's a lot of them. The same here. Yeah. Like, I, I, a lot of I, which I knew of and just have chose not to see and things I hadn't even heard of. <laughs> well, in, you know, instead of making The Matrix, he went on to make um, The Wild Wild West. <laughs> see, I, which I saw. I did too. I, I've seen it uh, more than I probably should have in my lifetime. I've got a soft, here. <laughs> soft spot in my heart for that movie. It's not a good movie, but it's fun. It's fun. Sure. Well, that, <laughs> not convincing, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> well, I just can. I feel like it was on very heavy rotation on like USA Network. Oh, and very possible. I, I continually um, snubbed it. So maybe I should go see it now that you've you've said that you liked it maybe i think the there has to be a pre-existing soft spot in your heart for this i don't think this is something you're going to be able to watch <laughs> like with any bit of apprehension and come like <laughs> come around on like you know what it is good <laughs> i don't think <laughs> i don't think that'll happen <laughs> yeah i won't be quite as like um intoxicated by nostalgia either you don't so 
I won't. I no. I I am. I am a very nostalgic person. But since I I didn't see it, I, I see have it. no nostalgia. That's exactly and, it. It's hard. It's easy to not be nostalgic with the Wild Wild West because it kind of goes off of the original show just a little bit to where it's almost not the exact same show. I guess it's, oh, it's kind of a so whole new far thing. Different. It's so yeah. far different. Like well, okay, the character Loveless. Uh, what was like a, a, a southern general who had been cut in half and like his bottom half was a wheelchair that could turn into like a mechanical spider where in the original show, <laughs> I think uh, Loveless was a, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, a dwarf, a Mexican dwarf who only appeared in like a couple episodes and just vowed revenge on him. I, don't, I, I, I have no idea where the connection came between these two other than the name. They just wanted to make it a big summer blockbuster movie so they just changed as much as they could to make well, it Well, I mean it worked on me that big gigantic. spider that big yeah. like steampunk looking spider on the big screen was pretty darn cool oh absolutely <laughs> I um, thought I like steampunk stuff so that part was my favorite <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. it's an instant sell for me <laughs> that and all the all the little uh, gadgets that uh, Gordon had you know like knives and guns that would pop out of his sleeves and boots and just all was a master of, of disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was just a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Not good, fun. <laughs> Did you guys see the the Netflix movie that Will Smith was in, Bright? No, I didn't. No, I, didn't. I heard that was great though. It was really good. It had, I mean, it had a lot to do with like racism and stuff, which I think may helped make it better. But a lot the story overall was really good too. And they're supposed to be making a second one, which oh, I really? thought. Yeah, I thought it was a series when I first saw it, but then I realized that it said it was an hour and a half long, and it was just a movie. But that was a really good movie, too. And he's just kind of a, a cop, you know, that lives in like a world. An orc or something? No, he's a cop, and the world that it's set in, fairy tale creatures are real. Like, there's fairies flying around, and they're not the little sweet, like, Tinkerbell fairies. They're little mean, evil fairies. and. Uh, there's orcs are like, well, there's orcs and elves. Elves are kind of the rich snobby people that live in the big cities that own everything. And orcs are basically, I Lower hate class. to say it like that, but well, yeah, yeah. Mm. But they, you know, they work and they have their own gangs and stuff. It was really cool the way they did it. Hmm. And there's magic and yeah, it's just modern day myth. In May have today's sold me world. on this movie. I, I think I want to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go see Wild Wild West too. This is there huge. you go. <laughs> How many movies you'll have on this list before we get to the end? We're right. paying Will, Will Smith's getting paid again. Here we go with the residuals. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Jack? I already know you brought that up, but you know we gotta we gotta swing back onto it. We gotta touch on it. Undoubtedly, I mean that's obvious. I think my first exposure to Will Smith and probably most everybody's. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. This this show was not only funny, but I loved how it could, uh, man, pull on your heartstrings pretty damn hard sometimes. Like I remember the episodes when uh, his dad came to town and act like he was going to stick around and stay with Will, and then at the last minute split. You know that was really hard because you you watch uh, Will kind of collapse into. Uh, Uncle Phil's arms, and they have this uh, this moment that was really it was a tearjerker, man. Do you guys remember that at all? I don't remember that episode. I remember mm. I, it was just kind of cool how that the show took off and became what it was from this young rap 
star basically through the 80s that at first right. you kind of thought it was going to be a joke because i mean oh he makes these funny songs parents just don't understand and right. nightmare on my street but then it ended up being a really a really big serious tv show that pretty much taught a lot of us uh how to be today, I guess. Yeah, well, you, you never typically get good results when you start pulling people from the music world into the film world and, you know, vice versa. That typically never goes too well, but it uh, did in this case, didn't it? Will Smith and Ice-T, I think, are the only two that really worked for Ice-T, oh man, he, uh, <laughs> he made it his bitch, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Oh yeah. <laughs> he really did, he really did. From being a cop killer to being a cop on... What's what? Law and order. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you that's know, what he'll be remembered for more than anything, I think, in the end. Yeah. You know, Tupac was starting to have an acting career that, what was the movie he did? Juice was uh, um, maybe the only movie he ever did. But um, had he lived longer, I think he would have maybe bucked that trend, too. He was a great actor also. Really? I've, n- I've never uh, seen Juice. Mm-hmm. It is a excellent movie. Um, and he... He plays a big part in it, and um, and he does great. Uh, I would definitely recommend Juice. Is, is it Box going to get paid now? What's that? Are you... <laughs> now Tupac's going to start getting paid again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you overestimate our impact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, my God. How about uh, iRobot? That I've never hey, seen yet. I saw it. I don't particularly remember a lot of the details but i do remember loving it yeah it was a lot of fun it was jack it's kind of in the it's set in the future where they have robots to do like chores and stuff around the house and i don't want to give the whole thing away but you know eventually these things start going rogue and attacking people attacking will well, it starts out with somebody got hurt and it was blamed on a robot so they were kind of trying to figure out if it was true or if the robot really did it or something like that, but then they all revolt. Didn't you just say you hadn't seen this movie? I'm good at deciphering the trailers, I guess. <laughs> Why even bother going to the theater? I'll decipher yeah. the trailer. <laughs> like oh. Avengers 4, I know what's going to happen just from seeing that clip. Not oh. really, but... Okay. <laughs> I was going to say we better uh, sound the spoiler alarm. <laughs> no 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 i love the end of uh, i robot when he's he and uh i don't remember who else uh you know start opposite of him in that film but they're in the top of that like glass like skyscraper and all those robots are like like insects like climbing up the sides all around them and coming into the skylight it was so freaking creepy yeah i've seen that pre that in the previews i remember seeing that and that was a little bit unnerving all right who yeah. else who else well will smith entries what we got Looking to see what else he's been in. Oh, how about uh, Bad Boys? They're going to do another one here pretty soon. I heard yeah, that. I don't know if I've seen the first one or all of both of them. I've seen bits and pieces of both of them. I think I but saw once, the first one a long time ago, but I remember nothing about it. Once you get him and uh, uh, Martin Lawrence together, they're pretty much unstoppable. Those guys are great. They're hilarious. I think they know how to play play off each other. Amazing. I haven't seen Martin Lawrence in years, it seems like. No, I don't think he kind of disappeared, and then all of a sudden they're talking about Bad Boys Three. I love that all this old stuff's like uh, getting all this resurgence and coming back. Did you hear? <laughs> this is miles away from anything Will Smith related, but did you hear that uh, Frasier might be coming back? No. Yeah. 
No way. I know he's Kelsey Grammer's on another show right now. It just started a couple of weeks ago, a law show. But uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about Frasier. Yeah. Yeah, coming back, supposedly. So I would be extremely interested in that. But anyway, back to the topic again. Yeah, <laughs> so that could have just went off on a whole other thing just then. Well, we're just talking about everything coming back and resurgence and sequels. And yeah. Yada, yada, you know. Well, I Am Legend. I, that one I haven't seen also. Cause you I, have not seen I Am Legend. No, I've wanted to watch it a bunch of times, and it's been on, coming on TV, and the wife is like, does the dog die? And I'm pretty <laughs> sure it does, so that just, <laughs> nope, next. Right. Yeah. No, that was a good film. I really enjoyed that, that one. Excellent film. Yeah, you um, need to watch that, Jack. I heard that it was different from the book because the book they were vampires, but in the movie they weren't necessarily I mean they they came out at night, but they weren't necessarily vampires, or was it vice versa, I think. Mm-hmm. One of the guys at work was talking about it the other they day. Do, they do only come out at night, right? Yeah. Right. Light hurts them. Light hurts them, but they're they're zombies. It's a zombie movie, right? I always was under the assumption they were vampires, just like vampire beasts. I mean, you know, obviously they're not like Dracula in a red cape, like blue, blue, or anything like yeah. that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd say a, like a cross between ravenous zombies and vampires. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, exposure to light would kill them. Uh, what stakes? Right through their chest would kill them all kinds but of i know that it's still on my radar it's one of those movies that speaks to me what the type of movie it is it's just i gotta watch it alone <laughs> that doesn't yeah. happen very often <laughs> we'll make oh. the time damn it yeah <laughs> i remember uh when was it maybe 97 98 it was when um <clears throat> i was just sick of everything i had been listening to and i needed a complete change uh, I was listening to mainly, you know, rock at the time, alternative current rock. And I went looking through the rap section and found, and it had just come out, Will Smith's Big Willie style. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked it up. And boy, did I have one hell of a summer with that album. It was, uh, it really <laughs> defined that summer. It did, you know, and it was, uh, it was cool because I wasn't really into rap. I wasn't into, you know, a lot of the rap at the time. Not all, but a lot was, uh, you know, typically singing about, you know, like violence, gang violence, kind of shit like that I can't relate to, you know. And um, I don't know. There was just like no swearing or anything. It's like the Jim Jack- Jim Gaffigan version of rap, I guess. <laughs> like there's <laughs> very clean, you know. Yeah. Will Smith is never swear actually in uh, with their songs and with his rap oh right mm, yeah he's always been a clean artist with his I think music that, yeah. his his claim to fame now in 1997 you weren't you weren't listening to limb biscuit were you oh yeah oh you were okay weren't listening to rap because we don't that doesn't count now i was listening to limb biscuit too yeah, but, man, uh, I uh, I got that was new metal. That, that was like yeah. hip hop, hip hop metal mashup kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't rap. You want to talk about art that didn't stand the test of time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, you know, now in my advanced age, I'm 34, so I, you know I feel old. And uh, see, now there's enough time that you can go back and listen to stuff you listened to when you were kids, and some of it stands out, but. 
man a lot of it doesn't it was really bad yeah i will say they i i was into them big i went to their concert uh during their what chocolate starfish tour i think it was Mm -hmm. and um my god you want to talk about just some over-the-top theatrics the whole stage was like the torso and head of optimus prime and okay like uh you know his eyes would light up and shoot laser beams over the audience that would like scan all over the arena uh the chest or excuse me the shoulder pads opened up on one shoulder was the drummer on the other shoulder was dj lethal and then you know uh, the, dj lethal yeah i remember that <laughs> the chest plate would open up and out came fred durst it was so ridiculously over the top and uh you know they're not doing shows like that anymore. <laughs> they're not jumping if out of they're doing shows at all anymore. They're doing they're doing open mics in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. Oh my god, them and corn. Corn kind of uh, I think falls into that same that same wheelhouse. Well, I would say I would I would welcome you to go back and listen to their first album, and maybe even their second album holds up a lot better than Limp Bizkit. I'll just, I'll just oh, say that. Oh, there's no oh, doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I mean, were, Life is Peachy, yeah. Yeah, more, Life is Peachy It was a great album. Um, they had more, I think, artistic um, <laughs> ability and merit than Limp Bizkit ever did. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but by that third album, you can tell, you know, corporate... Uh, corporate uh, Hollywood or big, big, big business had gotten to the music and they started pumping out singles and whatnot. Right. Right. Um, although didn't they do that single that said y'all want a single fuck that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, that was the actual lyric, but still, I don't mean you're wrong, it, but it, it does mean that they, I guess maybe they saw the critique coming. Yeah. I forgot about that single. Yeah. yeah. That's not a bad song. That's not mm-hmm. the worst song in the world. No, no, they've got some good stuff still. I, I just remember a few weeks ago, I was looking, to, I watched concerts on YouTube, and I came across some old Woodstock 99 footage, and uh, both of Limp Biscuit and Corn, and, you know, they were just really, at that time, on top of the fucking world. They were in their prime right then, you know? So just to see the reaction, uh, see how they looked, you know, so much thinner and younger and... Oh man, it's it's crazy. It seems like yesterday, but it fucking certainly was not yesterday, man. <laughs> I wonder what Fred looks like now, because I know I saw a picture of John Davis not too long ago, and I almost didn't recognize him. And once I realized who it was, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, yeah, I remember you. Uh, you were over. We were recording the show, and I think you got in on his. He was doing like a Facebook stream, like on FaceTime. With yeah, his phone, yeah. And he was yep. holding it at an angle, kind of pointing up at himself, where it made it look like he had like like ten extra chins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like you held it up to him, you're like, "Dude, look!" And I was like, "Who the fuck's that?" He's like, yep. "Look!" And I'm like, "I don't fucking know who it is." Until you know you told who me. he is. <laughs> <laughs> If you just like hold the camera up like down on him, then it would probably register easier. <laughs> yeah, time has not been kind to everybody, I suppose. And, you know, who am I to talk? It's beat the hell out of me, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, Hancock? You guys remember Hancock? Oh, yeah. That's not even on my list of movies. Oh, I guess this is the 10 best Will Smith movies that I have. <laughs> oh, yeah. The list think of, you'll but... find Hancock in that list. But, I enjoy uh, that. Was cool. <laughs> it, was, it was neat. It was a twist on superheroes. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. You know, how somebody who has that power that shouldn't have them, you know, like what, what the world looks like. I, I think I was uh, ironically drunk when I watched that movie. <laughs> and so I only remember that he was drunk in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. And I felt like the, as the movie progressed, it started to go downhill. Um, by the time it got to the very end, I was kind of like really drifting away from it. It was everything up till then that made the movie good for me. Just the the graphics at the end were too over the top, like he and she fighting in the streets with all the tornadoes and all that weird shit that was going on. But uh, do you know what I mean? Am I am I am I alone in my thoughts here? Oh, no, I know what you mean. I enjoyed the bad guy though with the the hook hand. I don't even remember that. I just I thought Charlize was the only the 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 villain. No, she wasn't the villain. She 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 had played his. Uh, it's like they had lived over many decades. Like they they were really really old, and they in the past had been lovers. But when they're together, their powers go away. They have to be right. apart to be supers or whatever. I don't know. That's what it was. I know it was a, something weird like that. And then, So by the end of the movie, by the time that was revealed, I was like, but but, but, but why? But, but why? <laughs> you know, like, why? <laughs> I don't know. It just gave you the DC reasoning because. Yeah. Why is Superman? Because. because we said so. Now sit down and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else we have on Will Smith. Anything, gentlemen? That's about all I've got. I can think oh, of. We're forgetting one big one here. One big huh. one. Come on. The Men in Black. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. And did Good I old hear Agent they're making J. another one, or they're making like a, a reboot or something of Men in Black? It's kind of like the Batman Incorporated kind of thing. It's a offshoot. I think that in Europe, I think it is because. It's got a uh, what's her name Valkyrie from Thor Ragnarok, and of course Thor are the 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 people in black. I like her a lot. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's yeah. Cool. I enjoyed her a lot too. Mm-hmm. I hope she's uh, back in the uh, new Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Men in Black series. I wasn't the second one was pretty crappy. I thought not that any of them like were super strong films, but uh, the third one was just a. Man, the twist they put on the end of the third one and that put the twist on the whole, you know, all three movies was so good. Was so good. Do you guys agree? Disagree? Oh, I agree. I know the third one really kind of spoke to me fatherly wise. Not that I'm a father about just knowing, having your, knowing your dad and stuff. And you like you want to call your dad after seeing that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And what about Matthew Emiliano? Have, have you guys seen the third Men in Black film? I haven't. I've. I've seen the first one, um, and then I don't think I saw the second or third ones. You, you know, the movie before Men in Black was Independence Day, and that was like 96, 97. So I was in the sixth and seventh grade. It's kind of like the primo, like, like movie watching time in your life where, like, you can watch movies that maybe aren't that great, but they feel amazing. And I remember seeing Independence Day with my dad, who hated it, and I loved it. And uh, the same thing with Men in Black, where it just hit me at a time in my life that, you know, the graphics and and everything was so perfect. Um, But by the time Men in Black 2 came around, even, you know, I was older and um, 
So I don't think I saw the second one. I, I may have, but I know I didn't see the third one. You could totally skip that second one altogether and go straight to the third one because really? uh, it's yeah. really good. The second one is just not that good at all. I, the story wasn't great. I didn't like care for the villain at all. Um, blah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for Independence Day, man, I when that film came out, I was into it big time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had I had gone to like the only merch I was able to find. It was at like the local like on cue or Sam Goody. They had some shirts that had come in, and I bought every one of them. And I was like that fucking Adam Goldberg kind of nerd that school who was just rocking the Independence Day shirt while everyone else is like you know wearing sports related stuff or something that's you know not Independence Day. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't give a shit. I was into it. I loved it. The aliens were cool. Everything was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I loved the ships. The the way they designed the ships really mm-hmm. got me stoked when I was a kid. Now this um, did not stand the test of time, though. Um, going back and watching it, you're like, how did I ever like? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's the nostalgia part of you that's like, yeah, I'm going to watch this from front to back and love every minute of it. But at the same right. time, you know, the adult and you's like how did I ever watch this? Like, this is some horrible dialogue. Well, you know, Oh, go ahead. No, please continue. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, um, men in black three, you know, inspired you guys to call your dads for, I, I don't, I didn't see it. So I don't know why, but you guys felt compelled to call your dads. Um, thinking about how bad independence day one probably was. And my dad still went and saw it with me makes me want to call my dad. My dad took me to see it too. That's the funniest thing you say. You say that, right? You know, going to the movies with my family was never like a thing to do. We didn't really ever do it. But I, there's a few movies that I remember uh, just me and my dad going to, and that that was definitely one of them because I had been dying to see it, and I knew my mom wasn't going to take me. Right. But uh, yeah, for sure, man. Good memories. And too bad that second one was a hot fucking mess. That was a shitty movie. Yeah, it was. I think they they tried to cash in too much on the little worm guys and the pug guy. You know, uh, oh no, I was talking about the second Independence Day film. Oh, uh, I thought you meant Men in Black, but well, that one was shit too. But the second yeah. Independence Day film, um, <laughs> yikes, yikes, yikes! You know, it has that Liam Hemsworth curse. If you see him, run, fucking run. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Men in Black too. Uh huh. And uh, it looks like Biz Marquis was in it. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Oh, uh, he sang um, Just a Friend. I think, yeah, that's probably his only hit. I, I, I love it. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, because he was the beatboxer dude in the very beginning. That's it, yep. Yeah. Yep. So now I got to see it. The alien spoke in, like, beatbox language. Oh, at the post Because Will Smith. Yeah. Yes, because uh, there's also a, a creature. There's a the alien inside the copy machine. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's Jeremy Howard. <laughs> was it really? It was. Yeah. <laughs> right here, I'm looking at it. It's Jeremy, Jeremy Howard. Yeah, the postal sorting alien. Yes. Yes. Well, Donatello. Yep. I don't know where to go from here. I've kind of tapped <laughs> the Will Smith well. Is there anything else, gentlemen, we should mention before moving on? Uh, I, not for me. All right. We'll, we'll see how this genie play rope role plays out <laughs> I think it'll be good I mean <clears throat> I, I don't think it'll be over the top great or anything I don't think anything will beat that original film especially since we have that's where our Robin Williams genie lies but um, yeah I think it'll be a lot of fun it'll be fun this summer I'm excited to see it 
he's funny. You know, he's a funny guy. And so um, it'll be different, obviously, than the Robin Williams take on it. But I'm excited still, even if it's weird. Yeah. 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 I I think it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's move on to a segment we haven't done in quite a while. It's not that we don't want to do it. I guess we just sometimes forget. Sometimes we run long, but... Kind of the well ran dry, I think. It was started getting really hard of... Hard the, to find entries, segment, things that would yeah. qualify. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, I get it. Well, uh, we're this week we're bringing back a segment you might know as... Real World Heroes! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that for a long time. Yeah, right? <laughs> Jack, who, who do we have this week? Travis Kaufman, he is from Colorado, and this was pretty big in the news just recently within the last week or two. He was attacked by a mountain lion while running up in northern Colorado, and he ended up subduing the the mountain lion and survived. Really? I wonder how he how how did he uh, subdue it? Well, he subdue it. I guess he's kind of a recent uh, owner of a cat. And he realized that or noticed that when he's playing rough with his cat, you would know this, that they tend to roll on their back and start scratching the shit out of you with their hind claws. Right. Well, when this cat had him by the the wrist, you know, biting down on him and he was trying to fight for his life, he kind of remembered that. And the cat started to get on his back and he ended up getting it. So his knees were holding down his the back leg so he couldn't scratch at him. And then he ended up while wrestling him, you know, pulling that maneuver. He was able to get his leg up, you know, on the, the cat's throat. And he ended up strangling. I think he, he killed it, you know, in the end. But Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I don't want a mountain lion to die in any circumstance. but uh, Right. It's, it's horrible that it died. But the fact that he was able to, you know, take it down on his own. I mean, it was a young mountain lion, about 50 pounds, but... Still, that's a big cat. It still looks good on a resume, though. Damn. Yep. And I guess he's been starting to get called the king of the north. I would say. I wouldn't (laughs) mess with anybody who uh, wrestled a mountain lion and walked away. But now he's decided to, when he goes running out in the hills, that he's going to have somebody with him just in case it happens again. (laughs) Who knows? Mama mountain lion might be out there and pissed now. He starts bringing dual machetes strapped to his back. (laughs) Gotta do what you gotta do, I guess, right? That's right. And for that, Travis Kaufman, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. <laughs> Boy, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Tell me about it. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, with that, let's move our attention over to Matthew and Emiliano and talk about this comic murder that was successfully uh, funded on Kickstarter and boy did you guys do really well. You almost hit double your funds it looked like. So uh, congratulations to the, you guys. Well deserved, Thank I you. say. Yeah. Thank you very much. Man, this comic was an experience. Is the only way I can really uh, explain it with before uh, before I let you guys tell our listeners more about it. My wife and I, uh, Brittany, co-created this um, comic series called Murder. Um, Emiliano uh, is the artist, and he does all the art. Um, I uh, I actually he hired a flatter whom I didn't give credit for. So Emiliano, I'm going to let you. Uh, uh, give credit. What was the name of the flatter you used? Benjamin Gochia. I didn't pay him, so 
Alright, so then we're cutting him from the hey. Um I'm not catching so, anything that's going Yeah, it sounds like we got a crazy delay right now. Yeah, we, we, we may have lost them. We may have. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll try again. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So um, the uh, comic book series that um, we're working on is called Murder, and it's co-created by my wife and I, uh, Brittany. And it basically tells a story of animals uh, that are linking telepathically one species at a time. And nobody really knows why or how, but uh, only one human can hear their thoughts, and that's the Butcher's Butcher. And he's our hero. We meet him in the first issue. We got a Kickstarter up for the second issue, and... Um, we're really excited because uh, we're going to get to debut the next hero, uh, the Melanated Melody, um, who will have a really big role in issue two. The Butcher's Butcher will be in issue two, too. But um, we're really excited about the Melanated Melody. So we have a Kickstarter up for issue two right now. And um, we're about set, like 71% funded. We got about 19 days to go. So we're making that push to... Um, get uh, this issue funded um, just like we funded the first uh, issue. Very good. And you said you have 19 days to go. When's the last, uh, what's the date that the Kickstarter ends? The date that the Kickstarter ends is March 8th. I see. So we got, I mean, like you said, we really funded, we, we funded the first Kickstarter. Um, yeah, I think we almost doubled it, uh, our goal. And the rewards for this Kickstarter are Sorry for the people who contributed to the first Kickstarter, but these are really good um, uh, rewards. <laughs> so, you know, you just got to stick with us. Yeah. I'm really uh, excited to see more of this book. You guys sent over issue one for us. And, um, man, some first impressions looking at it, I thought, well, man, someone here is working in a slaughterhouse. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. Uh, quite the contrary. It looks like you guys uh, are kind of using your story at the same time to kind of show the horrors of the slaughterhouse. And maybe I'm wrong in that assumption. But No, no, you're not at all. Um, well, like, I guess we can just isolate it to issue one of, of murder. Um, it's a uh, it's um, it takes place in a hatchery. And um, what a lot of people don't know is that, you know, you eat eggs and it requires female chickens to produce those eggs so we don't really need male chicks and so um what happens to those male chicks is that they're born and then they're sexed we figure out if they're male or female and then the males are all killed because we don't have any monetary use for them and so that's what um issue one that's where issue one takes place so kind of, you know kind of what we want to do with the whole series is give kind of this interesting, entertaining way of um, kind of seeing what it's like in these uh, facilities. My wife and I uh, used to farm and uh, we grew vegetables, but we were, we were in on the agricultural scene. And um, so, you know, we learned a lot about how food is produced. And um, um, so, you know, we've, we visited dairies and 
Um, we visited um, uh, free-range chicken farms and stuff like that. So um, we really drew from our, our experience when it came to writing the story. It makes sense. I've, and that's how you're going to get a good story, to, you know, from somebody who, uh, who actually has knowledge in the field. I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't mean to cut you off. I've seen videos of what happens in chicken farms with that whole thing. So it, it was horrifying to watch and to sit there and read it. It really reminded me of watching those videos back then. It really makes you think about what you're eating. Yeah, or the process I, that it goes through. Yeah, and I think murder is kind of an, an, a unique opportunity because we're showing the thoughts of these animals, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I, I think I think some people are animal peoples and some people aren't animal peoples. And, it's you know, it's both, both are fine. But I, I feel like um, some people are so empathetic towards animals that they don't need to hear their actual thoughts. But, you know, maybe you didn't grow up with pets or, you know, um, weren't, ex you know, you grew up in the city. So, you know, an animal is different to you than it is to me. So showing the thoughts, you know, we really tried to um, convey what I, I mean, I think this is pretty close to what their experience really is, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, the hashtag that we've been kicking around is uh, murder is a documentary. You know, then um, we're not making anything up. We're only making up that the animals are linking telepathically. You know, that's the sci-fi aspect, not not the scenes that we're portraying. Um, you know, these happen every day. And maybe I'm asking too much. Maybe this is going to be giving too much away. But, you know, you, men you mentioned that all these animals have this telepathic link and that uh, mm -hmm. the butcher's butcher, you know, is the hero of the story. So is he kind of... Uh, liberating the the animals that have this newfound kind of consciousness or what exactly is he uh saving is that giving too much away uh, well <laughs> you saw if, if so just tell me and we can move right on no you you saw that in issue two or issue one uh, you know after he left the hatchery he goes back to uh the over the rainbow farm animal sanctuary right so um so, you know, he runs this farm animal sanctuary and um, he works undercover in these hatcheries. So, like, for example, in this in this particular issue, he's working in the hatchery to to talk to the employees, to um, hear the animals, to see how linked up they are. Because at this point in the story, you know, the point when he's in the hatchery, uh, it's only the chickens, the dogs, and the cats that are linked. So the cows and the pigs have not linked yet. Um, you know, at this point, he's just gathering information, trying to figure out what's going on. And, it, you know, it's the it's the first issue, so we didn't give you guys a lot. You know, that that's right. that's that's not your fault. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we wanted to test, you know, it's tough. It's, a first issue is a, is a trip, you know, because— sure. You got to get people into it, but if you if you um, show your hand too much, then issue two isn't very exciting. Oh, understood. Uh, and boy, uh, success! You know, you have a successful hook here. You have hooked me. I'm very intrigued to find out more. Yep, I like it. Well, in you know, I want to take this moment. I don't even know if Emiliano's still on, but you know, a huge part of what made this comic book um, uh, as successful as it is is because i got emiliano and micah you know making me look good when i uh reached out to emiliano i don't know if you've read any of the other stuff that he's done 
it's it's more in like the superhero genre probably or maybe sci-fi but um he actually hadn't done very much uh animal artwork at all and yeah um and so we started to talk and i asked him to do some sketches of animals for me it's an old drawing animal wow Uh, Wow. i just and, and that was all. I mean, I in my free time, I drew some stuff like that, but not professionally. So I had no professional experience about drawing animals. And I had to do a lot of research and, and know how the, 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 the mechanic or the, the anatomy of animals were to start building uh, something real, let's say. And even though my my art may may look a bit shitty now in issue one, but it, I can promise you that it would improve for issue two. So because I I bought a, a Wacom Cintiq, and that way my art improves a lot. So I have to thank that this this advice too. So. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't imagine. I mean, if it's going to improve, it's going to look even better than what we're seeing here in issue one. Like this already looks amazing. So if it's yeah, going to improve, it wow, we're in for a treat. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, there are some sequences that I, I don't like too much, but uh, we were running behind time, so we have to to uh, how to say to release. I had to do it, but you can you would see that in. And you will see that issue two will be really better. Well, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, gentlemen, to people who back your Kickstarter, what are some uh, rewards that we have for backers? Without knowing a tremendous amount about you two, I feel like I'm talking to two 90s kids. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you are. Yeah. You absolutely are. <laughs> okay. So this is four, four 90s kids talking to each other. So, you know, my my entry point to comic books as a kid partly was X-Men, the animated series. Oh, that, yeah. Mm, yep, um, yes. Changed my life. Um, I was absolutely obsessed with it. And it was kind of my my entry point. Um, I I. I didn't quite have the attention span for comic books. I was not a, an avid reader. Uh, what I was was an avid collector. And so I used to collect the Marvel trading cards. And so um, I don't know if you remember, but like maybe mid-90s, Marvel put out a bunch of series that were nine-card murals where each card was its own character and you put them together and it creates a larger scene. Yes. Was it like nine cards long or did they stack? They were nine cards that you, you know, you'd have these nine card sleeves and it would be three by three. And actually I'm looking at my old collection right now. It's, uh, it was 93 that Marvel put out this, this particular, um, skybox series. So what we're doing with the murder series is every issue, we're going to put out a new trading card and, that trading card is going to be part of a nine-card mural. Oh, nice. Uh, each with a, uh, a new character. So, like, with issue one, we put out the Butcher's Butcher one. And with issue two, we're putting out the Melanated Melody um, trading card. 
and um, I can send it. I'll send it to you guys. I want to say it's maybe the fourth fourth tier comes with both the melanated melody and the um, uh, butcher's butcher tier or trading card. You know, they're interlinking. Um, it's interlinking artwork. Here, I'll send it over to you guys. But every tier is a catch-up tier. So every tier has uh, issue one in it. And if you've already read issue one, this is actually the second edition of issue one. So we're going to go back and make some editorial changes. So if collectors want that, they can have that. If they already have read issue one and don't want uh, the second edition, we're offering artwork by an artist named Orient. I've commissioned some um, pieces from them both the Melanated Melody and Butcher's Butcher, but also um, they do kind of an anime-style artwork. So they did a chibi version of the Melanated Melody and a chibi version of the Butcher's Butcher that are adorable. So you can swap that out if you've already read issue one. That's some good incentive, I think, right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the other thing with uh, with this artwork by um, Orient is that our our deal is that uh, I'm not going to sell this after the um, Kickstarter. So if you want this artwork, this is the only time that it's available, and then um, it's just going on the shelf. It's it's our agreement that um, I'm not going to sell it. You know, if you want it, this is it. Even more incentive. <laughs> I, I like to turn it into a high pressure situation. These are cool, though. These uh, images you're sending over. These are the trading cards. These are the trading cards. And yeah. um, poor, poor Emiliano. You know, I think the proper way to have done this is just to have him done a full, you know, mural and then cut it up. Instead, I just had him do the butcher's butcher, and then <laughs> later asked him to do the melanated melody. And I don't think he realized <laughs> that this is going to have to like all work together. So, uh, this is all part of the um, Emiliano and Micah making me look good. And uh, so Emiliano's done an incredible job connecting these two. And uh, I'm sure he's going to do great with the other seven. These look awesome. These look amazing. I like the perspective on them. It's like you're you're standing lower than the characters are looking up at them, or the perspective you're looking at these cards from. They look really good. They're really good. I got the chibi chibi versions coming at you here oh another fun reward um and we're all we're almost sold out um so uh issue one through five we're going to turn into the first trade paperback and so for issues two through four we're offering cameos to um contributors oh wow so, really yeah so our top tier um is a cameo in murder and um, we've already sold out issues two through four. There's going to be a cameo in each of these. And um, we finished writing issue two. And so that cameo is done. And, you know, we don't want to do like a cameo. Like the cameo is not like you, like your face in a crowd. You, you know, the cameo for issue two, we asked the, the you know, the, the supporter like what what are you passionate about you know what you know animal related issues do you care more about and um this guy actually runs a guinea pig um rescue organization where they take abused and neglected guinea pigs and they have a home for them 
And so that was his passion and we found a way to work it into the plot. And um, so it's a, it's a fun reward for, for people who uh, want to be immortalized into a comic book. It's really a fun uh, little thing to, you know, always have, you know, he's always going to be in this comic book. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's a uh, high incentive for uh, comics, you know, being created on Kickstarter to get backers. There's a lot of people that uh, want that privilege. You know, they want to be in a comic book. Yours truly included. Check out our Kickstarter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's our time, Jack. That's Candare's been wanting to do that for a while. That we have, that we have. So uh, uh, one more time, if you could throw that date and uh, the, the Kickstarter ends on. Yeah, so the Kickstarter uh, ends on March 8th. On March 8th, and we'll be uh, putting up links on our website and on social media to help draw people that way. Is there anywhere else people uh, should be checking out uh, more about murder? Um, you know, uh, we're on Instagram, um, we're on Facebook, um, and we're on Twitter. And we put out, you know, I try to post um, as much on on all of them. Um, but I'm on Twitter, Matt Loisel. I'm not sure what Emiliano or Micah's handle is. I've actually got them both right here. Uh, Emiliano is, uh, I don't even know how you pronounce this, but I'm just spell it G-U-A-S-O-N-0411. And Micah Myers is just that, M-I-C-A-H-M-Y-E-R-S. There you are. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for being here on the show today, sharing this awesome comic with us. This is, uh, man, it's a good one, and it's truly unique. We don't really see much like this. So uh, I, th- and I hope you take that as a compliment, because I certainly uh, mean it as one. <laughs> oh, we, we do. I mean, thank you very much. Good. No problem. Thank you, gentlemen. And Jack, what do we have on our website? Go to CandarePodcast.com or you can check Thank out you, our Barry. special guest, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes to see the Wall of Justice, check out some of our YouTube videos, uh, click on the merch button, uh, become a patron. If you'd like to be a guest and promote your work on the show, send us an email on our contacts page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And check out our other <laughs> podcast we have going, uh, a whole other show called What If?, inspired from the marvel what if comics and it started right here on candare and the then you know we decided it needed its own its own series so we gave it uh, we gave it just that go to whatifpod.com or you can find us on uh, player fm itunes all the all the players that be at uh, i think if you search what if series that'll get you to us probably the easiest yep. yeah check that out and uh once again stick around here at the end of the episode for the last song we'll be featuring from the band quiet that's quiet spelled without the u go to quietmusic.com and enjoy this song mayfly man it's one of my favorites well, that's why i saved it for last so uh enjoy it and until next time i am jeremy collie i'm jack doherty i'm hello Zell. I'm Emiliano Correa. Thanks for listening, everyone. I don't know that I was lost, but I knew that I had to find my way. Visions drove me to and from as I watched my mind become a cloudy maze. Suddenly the cobwebs moved by the frigid breeze in the rising heat.
And yet you keep trying. Scarlet! That's like your sixth try. You obviously don't have any talent. Have you thought of giving up? Maybe I should just try again. Maybe you should try listening to Canned Air Podcast. Well, at least now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! So Emiliano did all the art. <laughs> nah, just kidding, man. <laughs> Go into that cave. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, 
The United States is locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.